Welcome to the Studio Interviews. I'm your host, Diana Brown. My guest co-host with us today is Christopher DeYoung, and also with us, engineering the show, as always, is Dan Wilson. Listeners, we have plucked a ripe treat for your enjoyment today. On this episode, our guest is writer, actor, dancer, producer, and co-founder of Ripe Theater, based in the San Francisco Bay Area. Theater for the Mass, I believe, is what you guys call Ripe Theater. Welcome, Noah Kelly. Thank you. It it's is so very great. exciting to be here. We are so <laughs> thrilled. Now, I will share with you, both Noah and I are getting over a cold, so we're both doing our Kathleen Turner yes, invitations today. <clears throat> and we talked about Kathleen Turner on the last episode. <laughs> well, we're thrilled to be here. I understand you and co-founder of Ripe Theater, Sarah McCarrigan, you've met at Humboldt State University. Yeah. So yeah. were you like... Tell I mean, oh my God, Humboldt State. I mean, were you just smoking pot all the time, or did you actually uh, get Sarah, stuff done? Sarah was smoking pot <laughs> yes. all the time, actually. And she, <laughs> the funny, ironic thing is that she managed to get through school in four years stoned, and I never really smoked pot, and it took me six years. So I should have. There's a lesson in there. Uh, yeah. And we'll let so, you figure out what it is. Yeah. Now, how long after uh, graduating college, well, four years for her, six years for you, so how long after you got out did you found Ripe? Um, let's see, we, f- we um, got together in 2000, and that's when we, we first called it Vacant Theater. <laughs> and then after a year, we thought, you know, maybe that's not such a great name, Vacant Theater. And it just, I don't know what we were thinking. It must have been all marijuana or something, but then um, we... Uh, decided we needed a, a good name so it was around 2000 okay to answer your question so 2000 was the birth of uh, the birth. of right theater now your very first show um what was your very first show the first show we did was wacky pie wacky pie yeah it was an awesome name it was wacky <laughs> uh so yeah it was just uh they were short a collection of short plays okay and um we at that time we didn't really we just we were like, let's get together and write a show because we were sort of tired of doing other theater um, that we, <laughs> where we didn't feel creative enough, okay. and so we, we just wrote sketch comedy, and um, and after that we kind of, and then it you know kept and then it snowballed. So, um, <laughs> did you yeah. have any idea that you would stick with it this long? I mean, you've become really one of the foremost companies in the Bay Area. Um, wow, I didn't. That's cool. Um, no, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't think about that um we just uh you know we just kept wanting to do what we like doing and stuck to that and um and here we are today I mean the the great thing though is that Sarah and I just work we work really well together because we're not really friends I mean I love her (laughs) and I care about her but we've never we never hung out in college we worked together in college we never hung out when we moved here we just knew that we could work well together and so and we knew since we can't we had the same <clears throat> theatrical education we you know we decided to that we would be a great match as far as theater goes and you are yeah it's been fun now your work is not just about entertaining you really hope to sort of reframe some of our our cultural perceptions yeah, well, you know, it's funny because I before I came over, I was like, oh, I better write down the, the latest mission statement that we have. <laughs> mission, God, the mission statement is always so hard to write a freaking mission state, statement with people, you know, um, especially if you're a team. Um, but the latest, you know, I really wanted to stress 
um, you know, just pondering, asking questions about society and, mm-hmm. um, and, and leaving questions open-ended. You know, why, why do we do the things that we do and how come people are so quirky? Um, how come people are predictable and how come, they're, how come they're not so predictable sometimes? And so that's kind of what our mission is about is just exploring you that. mentioned um quirky little habits and i know in your show ambrosia on a stick that was somewhat the theme of those funny little things we say and do and how that impacts yes our interactions i'm looking at my resume <laughs> going okay now what was that what was that show about again yeah that means you're a That's busy right. man with a prolific uh, history <laughs> yeah yeah that was definitely about uh our uh, ticks and stuff that people have and just exploring that. Now, that I understand you were open just a couple of days after 9-11, and I'm sure that impacted yeah. you tremendously. Yeah, it was it was a trip. We, one night, um, in fact, not only that, but we got, we were seconds away from a major car accident um, as well. And so that was really, we were driving home from rehearsal, and the car in front of us was uh, side-swiped. It was totaled. And I, I don't remember what happened to the people, but and then, like two days later, it was nine eleven, so it was quite a way to to open a show. But it it Indeed. also I don't know. There was something kind of beautiful about it because we, you know, we the audience was so happy to just be entertained, and we just, you know, we just wanted to have fun, and and we right. did, and it was just really nice to go to that every night, you know. And you dedicated um, the shows to the um, survivors of nine eleven. Yes, and, I guess and we did. made donations to the Red Cross. Oh, that that's right, we did. Thing. We did. See how nice you are. <laughs> I yeah. That's I why know. you have to do talk shows so you can be reminded of your great. Yeah, teams. I mean, I thought we just put the money in our pocket and bought beer, but right you know, on. I guess Sarah didn't do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, we um, many people who are listening, I'm sure, have had the pleasure of seeing your shows. At six and the fringe was a delight. And one of the things now, Christopher, you were um, in a recent production, and it was a bit of a departure for you. So I'm going to talk about at six, and then I'm going to talk about hardly breathing. But both of them had a a thing in common that I adored was that the audience filed in, and there was a character already on stage living their life in the middle of their world. And in At Six, that was yourself. And then at uh, In Hardly Breathing, that was you, Christopher, waiting for the detective Storm alone. As a director, what was your uh, impetus to, to do that? Why do you? Yeah, no, as a director, <laughs> having spent 20 minutes on stage prior to every performance of yes, uh, Hardly Breathing, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm curious as well. I never actually asked. Know that, and I'm, I'm because you're a good actor, you don't ask any questions. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> as you an are. interview, however, though, I suppose, uh, I'm entitled, you know, it's so, so fast up, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, sometimes a director can say something like, Well, I really want to comment on the influence of Islamic scholarship on modern astronomy. I knew that was it, I knew it, but you know, <laughs> freaking for the Islamic modernist exactly, alchemy exactly. thing, but this, you know, but then there's times when it's just like, you know what, I like the way that looks, it looks cool, mm-hmm. and 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 I also think that it's kind of neat as an audience member to walk into a space that's um that's set, and so that the minute you walk through the door, you're in another, you're Right away, you're in another space. Even if there's like pre-show music playing, if there's something already happening on stage, um, it's to me, it's just interesting. the the only The only thing about it, though, is that a lot of times, you know, I mean, every audience is different, and some audiences, you know, they just they feel like they can't talk, 
And then, you know, other audiences ignore you. So, I mean, it's just it's like... Weren't you saying that at one point but, someone you knew came in when you were the actor on stage in the pre-show and spoke to you out of character? Yeah, that was at six. And I was on stage and <clears throat> and she came in, a really good friend of mine, she came in and she came up and, and it was packed. The house was packed <laughs> and she came up and leaned forward and said, um... Do you have any pull here, Noah? Because we can't get any more seats. And I, mean, <laughs> and I looked at her. I looked at her, and I had my teeth clenched. And I said, "Lisa, I'm on stage like that." And she was like, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll I'll see what I can do. I'll see you after the show. Break a leg." I mean, she just she wouldn't stop, and it was great. But you know, that's great. I love that. You know, it's, that is it's funny. beautiful. Yeah. She was truly involved in her she, life. She was. <laughs> and just, you know, all these worlds colliding, you know, it was very interesting. Now, since you had to do it yourself, I guess we can't fault you too much for making Christopher do it in Hardly Breathing. But Christopher, how was that for you, being on stage for 20 minutes as the audience filed you in? You know, I thought it was a great choice because I could tell since I was in there. And the um, for the people listening who haven't uh, been in the exit stage left, uh, the stage is fairly close to the house, especially because uh, Ripe had built a turntable in that space. So I was probably maybe six feet from the front row, if that, and I could tell that people, there was a hush. I mean, if, you're, if you wanted to, uh, you know, to affect people and bring them into the world of the play and make them pay attention, even though I wasn't really doing anything, I mean, I wasn't frozen. Well, they, you were waiting. Uh, exactly, right, were but waiting. I mean, I, I wasn't, um, there were no lines. I. I was just inhabiting the space, but it, the impact on the audience is tremendous. And you looked so cool. You looked great in that suit. Oh my God, that suit looks so good on you. But but it's true. I mean, I I really wanted to give the effect that you you had been waiting a long time, mm-hmm. and that these people knew or felt that you were waiting, and you did wait a long time. So it's we, funny. We did come yeah. into it though, seeing him wait and getting that sense of well, what's what mm-hmm. is it going to yeah. come? Is what he went. It was very much our own personal waiting for Godot with you. And it's uh, you know it's a huge <laughs> gift as an actor to be able to inhabit a space and do nothing but subtle physical acting for twenty minutes. I mean, I'll probably never get to do that again. That was really cool. So thank you. You're welcome. Oh, that was a beautiful moment, and you were here for it, listeners. Now the play we are speaking of is Hardly Breathing, and um, if you check the Radio Star files, you will see that there is a recording of that cast in our library. So check it out. And Radio Star off the page. That's right. Christopher DeYoung is our artistic director, in case you didn't know. (laughs) We are delighted that he got that plug in there. Um, I also had the pleasure of uh, witnessing um, another little thing that is always in ripe shows and that is the dance sequence oh, the dance yeah. <laughs> and we all love the dance sequence now we i know love you, have a, the dance. you have a bit of a dance background as well as performance art background so is this your creation the uh the dance sequence in every show or did it just sort of come about organically i think it was it just happened organically yeah and you know i I didn't really study I mean I studied a little bit of dance but okay. I'm not I wouldn't really call myself a dancer but it is yeah it has been you know I mean we've had a couple dramas and we thought well we can't really have a dance in here but we have to have a dance somewhere <laughs> so we find a place to put it and lo and behold it's like oh well this show wouldn't have worked without the dance even in the you know in the drama whatever so it's funny I don't know why that it just kind of creeps in and we can't really control it <laughs> and you shouldn't, because we love it. I think anyone who's seen more than one ripe show 
uh, talks about that and looks forward to it. Now, I want to go back to those days at Humboldt, those not-so-marijuana and okay. fogged days, and talk about the lemmings or lemmings. Mm. Tell us about lemmings. Well. Not the animal, your group. Yeah, that was um, – I don't know if Sarah was a part of that or not. I really can't remember. I don't think she was. But there were a group of us that were in the theater department and a few – actually a few people from – art and music department as well and we we were just friends that hung out and we just decided um hey wouldn't it be cool if we got together um twice a week and created things so we and it was we strictly performance art (laughs) so i mean as much as we could you know i mean as best that term as best as we could describe that term i mean you know in college it's you know where I'm going but anyway we (laughs) so we would get together and on like let's say Monday we would sit in a big room and we would uh, throw around ideas and write a script and then kind of go over it and decide what we were going to do and then let's say on Friday we would pick a place on campus and just perform so we did a lot of stuff that was cool and quirky and then a lot of stuff that was bad so you know (laughs) I mean, you know, so probably most of it was on the bad side, but at least we were, ex- you know, we were experimenting and exploring our, Is there you know, one Lemmings performance that stands out for you? Well, um, we, yeah, I mean, we had like a final performance after we all graduated or they all graduated because I took some time. But but one um, one performance that was interesting was we were, we thought, wouldn't it be cool if we, if we um, went out on the coldest day in the middle of the quad in our like speedos and bathing suits and put <laughs> fake blood on our on our body and roasted a chicken in the middle of the in the middle of ourselves and played this really dramatic heavy opera music. So we did and we turned it up really loud and we were pretending that we were sizzling out in the sun and roasting this chicken and it wasn't it was like a it was a um, like a rotten old chicken and there was smoke coming off and. <laughs> God knows what we were trying to say or do or whatever. I mean, we were having fun, but oh my God, it was freezing. And, you know, people came by and took pictures and thought it was weird. And, you know, we thought we were so cool. And that was that was one that stuck, stuck out for me. But, you know. But it, the, the great thing was that it was just a great, a great, um, it was a learning experience because we, I mean, there were like, I don't know, eight of us or something like that. And we were all different. And we all somehow managed to decide on creating an image together and writing a script and then performing it. And that's that's hard to do. That's that in like, itself is kind of a little know, miracle. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, working as an ensemble is, is hard. But when you're, you know, a crazy college kid, it's I, – I don't know how we did it, but we we were just having fun, I guess. That's fantastic. Um, I have to say – this is a complete digression, but I just realized you remind me of a character on the Venture Brothers, and now I'm moving on. <laughs> the Venture Brothers. <laughs> you are probably familiar. Um, question: You uh, you worked on a show called Monster Under the Bath Mat that was all about oh mammoth, yeah, mammoth. I'm sorry, no, that's I, okay. I am incorrect. Mammoth Under the Bath Mat, and it was all about risks involved in concealing and revealing secrets. Yeah. What um, made you guys decide to work on that? Um. Let me just look at my resume here, because I think there was something going on in the media that that was January two thousand three. We started that in December two thousand or November two thousand two. 
I think, uh, I don't know what inspired us to do that. I, I, it was very uh, uh, news-driven, media-driven. Um, and I think we were just reacting to the, the media. I mean, we were still kind of in a tailspin after 9-11. Sure. I mean, and I think that's probably where it started with that. So when so. you guys uh, do, like, I assume you have a show coming up for The Fringe. Yeah, we've got two coming two. up. Two? Yeah. Two. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Two in The Fringe itself. One in The Fringe and then one in November. Uh, Very cool. Yeah, yeah, so, so first up is The Fringe. The Fringe. And what is that? Can you talk about that? Yeah, I can. Um, Sarah's writing that one, actually. Okay. And um, that one is called And Billions More. And, and Billions More. And Billions More. And it's, um, it's a comedy with, excuse me, short, again, short plays um, or short short scenes and short plays um and it's about um the end of the world and uh the theory is is that the way the world's going to end is that uh we create humans i guess have created these black holes and at first they were um so small that uh, they weren't really effective. And it's actually happening somewhere in Sweden in some laboratory. <laughs> this is what Sarah found. And so the, her idea was, wouldn't it be cool if suddenly, like, they made one that was a little bit too big and oh. things went awry and suddenly people are starting to get swept up and disappear in these black holes. So that's kind of what it's going to be about is black holes and dealing with the end of the world and black holes. So <laughs> something like that, yeah. That's very That's cool. all I really know. And then so. the next show in November. Yeah, that one I'm writing with my mother, actually. Wow. And yeah, which is really challenging. But it's called... Um, <laughs> For a whole other reason. Yeah, and well, she's great, but it just a lot of things are kind of coming out that are a little bit interesting to share with, with each other. You sure, know? sure. Um, but it's called The Necessity of Hank. <laughs> the necessity of Hank. And yeah, and it's sort of a, a dramedy and it's um <clears throat> about a an aspiring it's dental student and he gets into a serious accident, a bike accident, and has a sustains a brain injury. Right. And so it's about how he lives his new life. As of, a different individual. As a different individual and what what things have to change for him and how he sees people now and that kind of thing. So we're trying to experiment with um, some some kind of separation so that the audience is inside of his head, and and so there'll there'll be two of every character kind of thing. Oh. So so you'll, the audience will be a part of his brain, and then and then um, another section of the stage. We were gonna try and do a multimedia thing and do film, but we're not so sure now. Um, the another section of the stage will be reality. And how those things are different, and how that when they come, to, how they cross and come together, and that kind of thing. So, and we, we just I don't know something about teeth. Teeth are just really interesting. Now, what uh, what made you and your mom decide to work on this together? She, um, you know I don't know. We kind of tossed it around a while back. She's a great writer, and we just thought it would be fun. And and yeah, I mean we're having fun, but you know, I you know things are kind of coming up and. It's just kind of like, can I share like this? Like in, interpersonal things? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks like, for asking. You know. Um, I mean, things that, that you wouldn't normally talk about out of your shared history, that kind of thing? Or themes? Um, I, it's more like it, this is a um, – it, it's very – it's a therapeutic experience. And 
I think it's sort of like this is a way of talking with someone about things that are uncomfortable. You can do it through a script. So you don't have to say directly to someone, I'm really mad at when you did this. Instead, you just <laughs> make a character say it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just kind of it's kind of funny. I mean, not that we're saying that, but you know, and then there's like there's some sex in it and it's just kind of, you know, like Ugh. I'm writing so, about sex with my mom. I know. I know. Oh my goodness. So, you know, Were you meaning sh- that you're writing with, not that you're writing about ha- sex with. Wh- your well, we haven't Dan seen the Wilson play is yet. clarifying this exactly. for us. But we haven't seen the play. It hasn't finished. That's true. That right. could actually it's be part of the plot. Yet. It could be. Has she know. surprised you by anything that she uh No, we're thus far? pretty we're pretty close to the beginning. So, <laughs> no big surprises yet, but but I'm, I'm sure some surprises will come. Now, this is a bit of a departure for you guys. Normally, you all, well, I can't say normally, but in the past, you've uh, all taken turns writing and then brought all these pieces together. Um, Hardly Breathing was written by Deborah Wade, your company member, Deborah Wade. We loved having her on the show. And now Sarah's writing The Fringe, and you and your mother are writing the, the one in November. Was there a reason for that shift, or has it just sort of worked out that way? Um, I think we all... Uh, wanted to sort of sit back and we, we had a meeting we, we, we asked each other what we wanted to do okay. because I, I don't know I mean I, I want to try a bunch of things and I hadn't really tried writing a full length by myself and so I thought I'm going to try that and see how it goes um, <clears throat> and so we, we yeah so that's kind of how it happened and, and I'm sure we're going to come back to you know collective writing again shows because it's just it's fun and, and it's, it it's easy actually <laughs> i hate to cop out on that but it really is it's so easy i mean you're only responsible for a little section yeah and you put it together and polish it up and you got a show ah. but you know so does that go in the postcards that little phrase yeah <laughs> this is easy <laughs> yeah. we made it and it's easy you right. can too right. it's like yeah. tricky exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> well, Noah, you um, you give so much of your heart and soul to write theater. Are there projects you're working on outside of the company? Um, not any other theater stuff right now. I'm I'm training for a marathon this summer. Wow! So I'm really. <laughs> Where will you be running? The uh, the San Francisco Marathon. Nice. But, and then uh, it's just uh, you know. That's kind of it. And then work. Doing, are you still doing boot camp? I yeah, I I am doing boot camp. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm impressed. Do <laughs> you like it? Boot camp for those listening in is a extreme uh, exercise program here in San Francisco and probably in other cities as well. And are you working in Golden Gate Park? Yeah, yeah. It's cross training. It's a cross training program. But yeah, I mean, it is. It's it's exhausting. <laughs> so what time are you up out there? I'm up at five and I'm there from six to seven, oh. and then wow. I have to be at work by eight. Wow. So it's. Uh, it's great. But you know what? It's it, You feel great. I mean, you really – I know you guys are looking at me like, you're nuts. But it, you do. I mean, you just – You feel You really good. feel the difference. Here. I totally feel the difference. That's cool. Yeah. You know, so. But then, you, then, you, then I take a little break and smoke a few cigarettes and have a few drinks for a couple months and then go back to it. And, you know, it's, it's a nice little cycle. He sounds like a so. very balanced person. You know, you got to – got amazing – physical constitution. <laughs> yes, I will have to say. And a very stylish boy. Yeah. I yeah, have to the very say. first yeah. meeting we had for uh, for Hardly Breathing, Noah led warm-ups, and he told everybody to do 100 jumping jacks. <laughs> I don't know what came <laughs> over me. I think the ladies had heels on. They kind of looked at him funny. I think we all only got to like 50 or something, and then I realized, oh, maybe that wasn't such a good idea. Yeah. Dan like, is I just, doubled over right now. I don't know listening. what I was thinking. <laughs> thought that we could all do that but oh well 
<laughs> Thank you for not asking us to do 100 Jumping oh, Jacks. My pleasure. That would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so, Christopher, you got to enter the inner sanctum of Ripe Theater. I did. And you, you came out of it shiny and bright. I had seen their work. I had seen Mammoth and some other things and some of the fringe stuff. So I was already a fan. And I had worked with Noah in a play back in 2002. What was that? Share uh, with us. Barebones first scenes production of Greater America. Oh, yes. Over at um, the next stage by Catherine. Catherine. Wood? No. Not Catherine Wood. Murphy. Catherine Murphy. Murphy. Who's Catherine yes. Wood? Hi, Catherine. Hope you're listening. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Catherine, we'll have to get you on to talk about working with these two boys. Right. Gentlemen, I should say. Well, before we go, I wanted to ask you, the photos on the RIPE website are amazing. Are they all your work? Um... Thank you. That we do need to update that website. It's really <laughs> old, but um, the cards, the images, like the images for the cards mm-hmm. and posters, are my work. But the photos, you know, are not really. Oh. They're just photos. They're just photos. But, yeah. The um, promotional materials for Hardly Breathing, which was sort of a, a, a classic noir for modern audiences, for lack of a better way to put it. That's um, great. Yeah. Oh well, thank you. You can. You can use that. Okay. <laughs> of course, I have to ask Deb Waits, and she wrote it, if she wants to use that. But um, it had this beautiful uh, feel, and just a few things were picked out in color. Did you do that after the photo was taken? Did you reprocess the color? Oh, the actual uh, PR photo yes. of the act four actors. Yes. Stunning. Yeah, I took um, – yeah, thank you. I took – I think Lori Gallant, I think is how you say her last name, took the photo at the exit. And then um, she let me do with it what I wanted to, and so I, I uh, noired it. <laughs> and it's like Google; it's become a verb now. Yeah, <laughs> noired it. Noired it. Um, I have to ask you. We were chatting with Michael Rice a little bit earlier, and we were talking about the death of theater. Do you believe that theater is a dying art form, and and uh, can it be saved? No, I don't believe it's a dying art form. I think that it goes through different phases, and I think sometimes that I th- that uh, people suddenly realize that oh, something needs to change. Multimedia theater, or you know, I don't know, put some more animals on stage, or something <laughs> like that. You know, so I'm excited about the future of theater. What's Do you start have any happening. ideas of what that will look like that you want to share with us? Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking stuff. Um, I'm thinking of more, I'm hoping, I don't know, I guess when I think of the future of theater, I think of theaters the size of, you know, ACT, right. but all over the city. And <clears throat> and inside the theaters, there'll be like, you know, swimming pools and trampolines that you can like use on the set and, and um, amphibians and stuff like that. Lots of different things like that and film you know and highly interactive (laughs) highly interactive yeah i want to play in your theater (laughs) in your future world of the theater well we have enjoyed having you here it has been more than a treat please uh hit the listeners to the url where they can find ripe theater based in san francisco it's www.ripetreats.com and a treat it's been and we'll look for you in the fringe and later in november i have been your host diana brown my co-host today has been christopher de young and as always dan wilson engineering the show thanks for listening <laughs>